is a Woodside Church podcast. Good morning, everyone. So, last week, my, uh, not last week, two weeks ago, my son Zach was here preaching, and he laid down a challenge. And I was listening. Hudson, I hope you were listening too. Okay, right. It's wonderful. I mean, he's doing great, isn't he? He's doing great. And yesterday night, after he came back from work, we had a fellowship drink, remember? And, uh, and then I went through my preach with him, and he gave me a few suggestions. The, the tide has turned, you know? The tables have turned. And I used to give him suggestions, now he's giving me suggestions, and that's great. And it's wonderful to see our young people and our children grow up in the Lord. And uh, it's amazing, it's amazing. <clears throat> I've got another son, you know, who's Joshua. He's been away from home for a long time studying. He's training to be an orthopedic surgeon. And I'm proud of you, son, as well. All right? And uh, <clears throat> so Zach was going to assist me today, but Z- Josh is going to assist me today, all right? And uh, I'm actually proud of all our young people, you know, our young people, our children, you do amazingly well, and I'm so grateful for the way in which God is leading you and guiding you and speaking into your lives. And I know that you've had a wonderful time at New Day, and uh, God has done amazing things. Some of you have committed, made a commitment for the first time. Some of you had made a recommitment, and some of you have built fantastic friendship groups. And uh, our hope and prayer is that you continue to flourish in God and be rooted in God and, you know, be, you know flourish in God. And uh, so, uh, you know, let's get into the, you know, into a preach. So we are looking at the series, The Lord's Prayer, and my topic for today is your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This phrase, kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven or kingdom of light, is expressed more than 80 times in the New Testament. Some, you know, works say about 100 times. I don't know, I haven't made a count, okay? Another way of looking at this is God's family. So we can say kingdom of God, could be you can say God's family. So what is the kingdom of God? Is it something that we are hoping to see in the future? Or is it a present reality to experience now? Many of the old Christian hymns from my part of the world, which is Kerala in, in South India, you know, express the view, I mean, this is the olden times, okay? I'm, I'm a bit old, okay? In my 50s, you know, so I'm talking about 20, 30 years ago. The songs express the view that all that we are hoping for and longing for is yet to come. There is nothing worth living for in the present. But the Bible teaches us that the kingdom is partly present and partly future. So let us look at the subject more methodically. See, I'm a methodical man, I'm a clinician, I'm a physician, I'm a methodical man, so there is a method to my madness, all right? So the first thing that we need to ask ourselves is when did the kingdom of God arrive on earth? Uh, Once Jesus was surrounded by a group of Pharisees and uh, they demanded to know when the kingdom of God would come. And Jesus says this, we find this in Luke, chapter 17. He says, the kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed, nor will they say, look, here it is, or there. For behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. 
The Pharisees believed that the kingdom of God would come in a spectacular way, as was described in the Old Testament. But Jesus is telling them that the kingdom is here because I am here. I am the arrival of the kingdom. Hallelujah. So it was John the Baptist who first announced the kingdom when he said, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And then Jesus took over. And we find in John chapter 3, he says this, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. He then goes on to teach Nicodemus that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. And we heard that reading this morning from uh, Felix. Everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. And that is how a person is born again into the kingdom of God. So the criteria to enter the kingdom of God is to become born again by believing in Jesus. Apostle Paul, speaking about this, says in Colossians chapter 1, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. You see, as a respiratory physician, I'm a lung physician, I frequently deal with lung cancer. And for some of my patients who come back to me for their diagnosis, I tell them there is bad news and there is good news. It's good to say that, you know, if you can do something about it, something good, then, you know, we can say there's bad news and good news. And the bad news is that they have cancer, but the good news is that it can be removed completely and they can be cured of their illness. But for all of us from a spiritual perspective, there is both bad news and there is good news. The bad news is that every person born in this world is born into the spiritual dominion of darkness. But the good news is that God in the form of Jesus Christ has paid the price for us to come out of the dominion of darkness. A high price had to be paid for my release and your release. He paid this by dying on the cross for your sins and my sins. So can I ask Josh to come up here to be my assistant? This hoop is too small for him, but it'll do. He can stand there. So this way, turn this way. So Josh, you know, imagine before he's born again, he's in the dominion of darkness, okay? And then he hears the good news of the gospel, that Jesus has died for his sins. And he recognizes this fact, and he puts his trust in Jesus and says, Jesus, forgive me for my sins, and I want you as a Lord of my life. Here I come, and he steps you know, into the kingdom of God. It's as simple as that, okay? So you, it happens in a moment, and that is called justification. Justification happens in a second, okay? The moment you believe that Jesus has died for your sins, and the moment you say, Jesus, here I come, he changes his position from the dominion of darkness into the dominion of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. And this is what Jesus taught. Thank you, son. And this is what happened to me when I was 20 years old. I moved from here to here because I fell in love with God. And it happened, you know, one day when I was at about 20 years of age, I was, it was midnight, I was on my bed, I was kneeling on my bed, and I said, Jesus, here I come. I want you in my life. And we heard Stuart's story last week. He knelt in the bathroom, you know, to receive the 
you know, Jesus into his life. I've never heard of anybody kneeling in the bathroom to receive this. But it happens in all these weird and wonderful ways, you see. And keep bringing the stories, guys. Keep bringing the stories. Okay? So, and this has happened to most of us sitting here. This has happened in, in all our lives. So this option of choice is available to every single person sitting here and every single person in this world. And that is a good news. And this is, as I said, is justification, which happens in an instant. God says, you are my child. You are now righteous. You no longer are a sinner. You are righteous. You are holy. I give you my righteousness. Hallelujah. Clear so far? Easy? Yeah, good. Okay. The next bit I'm going to tell you can cause a bit of anxiety, but there's no need for anxiety, you know, so we need to look at all the scriptures. And you know the kingdom parables that Jesus taught. In one of them, he talked about the parable of the weeds, and then he talked about the parable of the net, okay? So in the parable of the weeds, he said, you know, a person went out to sow seeds, the wheat seeds, and then in the night, the enemy came and sowed weeds, okay? And then after some time, the seeds grew up and sprouted and they became plants, okay? And then the servants of the master saw that, you know, there was wheat and there was weeds. And they went and reported this to the master and they said, shall we pull up the weeds? And the master said, no, no, don't do that. If you do that, you are going to uproot the wheat as well. So let them grow together until harvest time. And at the harvest time, we will separate the weeds from the wheat. The weeds will be burned and will bring the wheat into the barn. And so then he talked about the parable of the net. And he said a net was cast down and it caught all sorts of fish. And the net was then dragged to the shore and then the bad fish were separated from the good fish. So Jesus here is talking about the church, okay? Jesus is saying that the power of the kingdom will draw unto itself all kinds of people. So in the church, we find all kinds of people. Some are drawn because they believe in what Jesus has done for them. They believe that Jesus is Lord and they receive Jesus as the Lord of their life. They move, make their move from the dominion of darkness into the dominion of the kingdom of God. And some others are attracted for other reasons, maybe because of healing, maybe because of miracles or some kind of monetary gain or something else. The thing is that it will be difficult to distinguish which is which. Only the person concerned, none of us know, only the person concerned will know where they stand. You know, is it there or is it here? So Jesus says, not everyone who calls me Lord, Lord, will inherit the kingdom of heaven or can enter the kingdom of heaven. So no person can enter the kingdom because they are part of a local church or because they attend a church regularly. But rather, every person who wants to enter has to put their faith in Jesus and have to move from this position to this position by faith. That's it. Hallelujah. So summarizing church, the kingdom of God is therefore not a physical or a political entity, but rather it's a spiritual realm where God is sovereign and Jesus Christ is king. It is where God's authority is recognized and his will is obeyed. A theologian, a theologian called Graham Goldsworthy summarized the kingdom of God 
as God's people in God's place under God's rule. Jesus' teaching was always focused on the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is a present reality, and those who believe in the good news of Jesus and accept him as their Lord and Savior become part of the kingdom of God. But for those who have not yet believed, the kingdom of God is near or at hand. And that's what you know, Jesus was saying. The kingdom of God is near or at hand. And the only thing they have to do is to move their position. That's it. All right? And um, too warm today. <clears throat> so when, what is the next question that we need to look at? The next question that we need to look at is, when will the kingdom of God come in its fullness? So this will happen at the second coming of the Lord Jesus. Everyone who continues to believe in Jesus will become part of this. And Stuart brought this, you know, this morning. Jesus confirms this when he says in Matthew chapter 25, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. So he mentioned so many times about his second coming and about the, the coming of the kingdom of God. Therefore, the kingdom of God arrived when Jesus arrived on earth and will come in its fullness with the second coming or with his second coming. At his second coming, we who are part of his kingdom will be transformed in an instant and will be caught up with him in midair. And that's what we read in the scriptures. And this is called glorification. So when Jesus comes again at the second coming, you know, we who have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, we who are part of his kingdom will be caught up with him. And this is glorification. This happens in a second. Okay? There are three phases of Christian life. One is justification, which happens in a second. Glorification, when Jesus, the Lord Jesus comes again, in a second coming, we'll be transformed in an instant. We'll have glorified new bodies. Okay? And this happens in a second. So that is why we can say the kingdom of God has come and the kingdom of God is coming. We become a part of the kingdom when we believed in Jesus and we will continue to be a part of this forever. So once we enter the kingdom, we are in the kingdom forever. Hallelujah. So church, that was the introduction, all right? Now let's come to the, <laughs> don't panic, okay? I've got a, you know, I am reminded of Zach, okay? I'm rising up to the challenge, okay? So let's come to the Lord's Prayer. So Jesus gave the Lord's Prayer as a model prayer for all believers. So when a believer in Jesus, like you and me, who are already part of the kingdom, we are part of the kingdom because we believe. When we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, what does that mean? See, this your kingdom come and your will be done both mean more or less the same things, and I will explain that a little bit in a, in a, in a little bit. So what it means is that four points. I've got four points. Maybe there are more, but I've got four points, okay? So first one is I want God's values, character, you know, and blessings to be increasingly seen in me, okay? I want God's kingdom to be established in the lives of others. I want to see the power of God's kingdom unleashed in my day-to-day -day life, and I'm patiently waiting for his kingdom to arrive in its fullness. Those are the four things that we are going to look at, okay? So the first thing is I want God's values, character, and blessings to be increasingly seen in me. 
So let's look at the values and character first, then we look at the blessings, okay? So to enter the kingdom of God, we are agreeing to be under the reign and rule of God in our life. We are agreeing to align our lives with his standard so that our lives progressively reflect his likeness and values. Now we know that it's impossible for us with all our weaknesses and failures to progress this way on our own. This is why God has come into our lives in the form of the Holy Spirit to help us in our spiritual journey. And just as any physical kingdom on earth has its own characteristics and values, the kingdom of God also has its own characteristics and values. The values of the kingdom of God are radically different to the values of this world. So when a believer prays, Lord, your kingdom come, he or she is saying, Lord, I want you in the center of my life. I want to be under your lordship. I want to have a relationship with you 24-7. I want to get to know you more. I want to communicate with you. I want to be dependent on you. I want you to be in charge of my life. I want to have a relationship with my brothers and sisters in the church. In all my actions, speech, in my thoughts and my dreams, I want to be like you. I want to be your ambassador in the world you've called me to be. And that challenge was given by Stuart last week. <clears throat> I want my life to be characterized by love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So help me, Lord. That's what I'm saying. Help me to be like this. Help me to be like you. <clears throat> Work in my life. <clears throat> Work in my life and change me so that I can be transformed progressively into your likeness. And church, this is my prayer every day. I give a lot of trouble to my wife, Sunu, and I'm praying every day, Lord, give me the grace to be a good person. Change me, you know, change me, change me. And this is how all of us should pray. We need to recognize what our problems are. We look at the Lord Jesus Christ, we know how he, he's like. We know his likeness, we know his character. And we need to pray, God, change me. You don't point to others and say, God, change my wife or change Hudson. I don't say that. I pray for myself. Lord, your will be done in my life. I want to be like you. I want to be transformed into your likeness. Apostle Paul, you know, in, uh, you know says this. I think it's in Romans 7. He says, I'm unable to do the things I want to do, the good that I want to do. And I keep on doing the things I don't want to do. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? And then he says, praise be to be God through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Hallelujah. As long as we live in this sin-riddled body, this is sin-riddled body, sin-ravaged body, it is impossible to attain the likeness of the Lord Jesus Christ without his help. So we ask him every day. That is why the Holy Spirit of God is living within us. We turn to him. We ask him, God, help me. Help me. Change me. And as we keep cooperating with the Holy Spirit of God, our lives are gradually transformed and we start reflecting his kingdom values in increasing measure. And that is what Zach meant when he said, God is changing me from one degree of maturity to another. And this church is called sanctification. This is the third phase, the second phase of Christian life. So you have justification, 
You have sanctification, you have glorification. Justification happens in a second, glorification happens in another second. But the rest of our lives, the rest of our lives is given over to sanctification or growing in holiness or growing in maturity. And this is a lifelong process. We can never stop. Until we see Jesus face to face, we just cannot stop. We are never perfect. We are being transformed day by day, day by day. Hallelujah. Secondly, the second part of this is seeking and longing for the kingdom comes with a promised blessing. Hallelujah. I'm not a prosperity preacher, guys, okay? I'm not a, you know, a blessing in a preacher, okay? But we need to understand a few things. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Jesus says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. The one who has called us, he is committed to providing for our needs. I remember a story in my life. When I was uh, 26 years old, I married Sunu. And at that time, I didn't have any money with me. Okay? I just had a few hundred rupees in my notes. Okay? And hundred rupees don't go a long way. And um, so I'd married, and then two days after that, we had to go to the northern part of India, from the southern part of India, and join for my postgraduate course. So there was a deadline, okay? And uh, so my uncle had given me two tickets, one for Sunu, air, air ticket, one for me and one for Sunu, and uh, that was good, and that's another story in itself. And then I had no money for my expenses. And the first night we spent in our home, the second night we spent in Sunu's home, and the third day, we are going to fly. So the first day, no money. Second day, no money. And third day morning, I have to fly, okay? And I'm thinking, oh Lord, where will I get my money to take my wife? I mean, I've just married her, okay? And so Sunu's dad, you know, so we have a family prayer time, so we prayed, and then Sunu's dad takes me aside and says, look, here is some money for you, for your, for your trip. I said, phew. Okay, hallelujah. Okay, and that's how God provides. And I can tell you so many stories, and I'm sure you can tell so many stories, okay? And Lena, your story is amazing, okay? The way in which God has led you from being a patient to being a person with responsibility. Amazing. That's a miracle in itself. But he keeps sharing stories, and you all keep sharing stories, how God amazingly provides for you day in and day out. Day and night. Keep sharing those stories, guys. Keep sharing the stories. Okay? There's an expression of God's kingdom power at work in our lives. So we can enjoy God's provision and rest under his protective power. He doesn't say he will give us every whim and fancy of us, but he said, I will meet your needs according to my grace that is at work in your life. Second thing. I want God's kingdom to be established in the lives of others. You see, we need to ask ourselves, what was Jesus' mission when he came into this world? Felix shared this this morning, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. His mission was to see his kingdom established in the lives of every person in this world so that he can have an eternal relationship with everyone. 
It is with this in mind that he gave this commission to his people. In Matthew 28, he says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. In Acts 1, he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, and in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Basically, he's saying, take the good news of my kingdom to everyone that you know. God has paid the penalty for everyone's sins, and everyone is welcome into the kingdom of God. Make everyone welcome, guys. Make everyone welcome, okay? <clears throat> so when we say, pray, Lord, your kingdom come, we are longing for everyone to know God. We are praying for them and making every effort to bring the message of God to our family members, our friends, and our neighbors. One of my prayers is that, <coughs> Father, give me the same passion that you have for the lost. Give me, I pray this almost regularly. Give me the same passion that you have for the lost. And I freely share the gospel wherever I go. My brothers and sisters, can I encourage you to think about this and bring the life of the kingdom into the lives of our near and dear ones and our friends and our neighbors. Pray for your wife. Pray for your husband. Pray for your fiancé. Pray for your friends. Pray for your parents. Pray for your children. Keep on praying, okay, so that the, they will encounter, have an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ and move their position from the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Number three, I want to see the power of the kingdom unleashed in my day-to-day -day life. You see, to unleash kingdom power, he has given us tools, okay? Powerful tools, okay? Powerful tools. And it's called the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So when we pray for healing, we are asking for kingdom power to be released into that situation. Hallelujah. And when we are praying for people to be released from bondages and addictions, we are allowing the kingdom power to come into those situations. When we resist sin and Satan, and when we are striving to bring clarity and clear confusion, that is what we are doing. In Luke chapter 11, Jesus says, but if I drive out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come to you. Hallelujah. I remember a story, you know, uh, this was several years ago when Zach was in year three. You know, I was stupid sometimes. I'm stupid sometimes, you see. Some of us are stupid sometimes. I am particularly am, okay? And um, my, you know, so Sunu's and the children's visa were running out. Mine was there for a bit more time. I think because I joined as a consultant here, my visa was extended. And I thought, okay, I'll, I'll do it tomorrow. I'm a lazy person, okay? And what happened that visa ran out, okay? And I'm sitting here coolly, my, our, their visa ran out. And then one day we had a knock on the door. There's a policeman on the door and saying, your visas have run out. And um, so you need to come to, what is that place? Twin Woods. And she called me, I was at work. I'm saying, my God, what is going to happen? Is it going to be locked away in Twin Woods? And so she went there. And uh, so this policeman who came actually knew Sunu because his son was studying in the same school as Zach, okay? So he said, I know you're a genuine person. I know you've made a mistake. Do one thing. I'm not putting a red stamp on your passport. You quickly go, leave the country, go to your country, go to the high commission, get the visa, and then come back. So we quickly booked the ticket. They went out the next day. And fortunately, it happened to be 
half term. And when they were, because they were studying in private school, they had two, two weeks okay, off. And uh, so they went and they did their application and nothing was happening. They said, you have to wait, you have to wait. It has to, the process takes time. And then I remember Susie Auntie, you know, and this is why the church is useful, guys. You know, when we are in difficult circumstances, we don't know where we are. You know, we lose sight of everything. And this is where our church, our family gets, you know, around us. And she said, this is spiritual attack. You need to pray. Because this time we were sharing the gospel. We were doing a lot of outreach meetings and all of those things. So this is spiritual attack. Keep praying. We are praying. And then I prayed. I prayed against the force of darkness. And I prayed for the grace of God to come. And you know what happened? The next day, somebody gives her a number. Ring this number and you might find help. And you know that number was belonged to the wife of the, of the highest officer at the high commission there. And she rang and said, how did you get my number? She said, I don't know, someone gave this to me. And she said her story and said, okay, let me do what I can. The next day she was called up and she had her visa given to her. So, <laughs> hallelujah. Okay. So, your stories, you know, a few weeks ago, you talked about praying not only for others, but praying for yourself. And when we do all these things, we see an expression of the power of the kingdom of God in our midst. It's not perfect, but we can see a glimpse of what is going to come. Hallelujah. Last one. Gush. I'm patiently waiting for his kingdom to arrive in its fullness. You know, Jesus, when he was having the last supper with his disciples, he said, I've eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. And the same thing after the cup, he said, I will not drink again of the fruit of the wine until the kingdom of God comes. So church, each time we take part in the Lord's table or the communion, we are patiently waiting for the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and for his kingdom to come in all its fullness. This is why we can say the kingdom of God has come, but the kingdom of God is coming. In Revelation, we see what happens when the kingdom of God comes in its, all its fullness. We read in Revelation 20, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Church, what we can look forward to is something wonderful, something altogether glorious. So in conclusion, God's kingdom consists of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all the angels with him, and the children of God who have entered into his kingdom by believing you know, in Jesus' work on the cross and accepting him as the Lord of their life. We can see evidence for the kingdom of God in the form of transformed lives, fruits of the Holy Spirit, answered prayers, healings, and miracles. Many of its blessings can be enjoyed now, hallelujah, but many are yet to come. Some of its power is available now, but not all of it. Some of the misery that we face 
today can be overcome now, but some cannot. The decisive battle against sin and Satan has been fought and won by Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection, but the war is not yet over. Sin must be fought, Satan must be resisted, sickness must be prayed for, and death endured until the second coming of Jesus and the arrival of the kingdom in its fullness. Hallelujah. You have been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.